0: For as long as I can remember, trees have coaxed me to their branches, in the same way light tempts a moth near on a dark night. My mummy told me that even before I learned to walk, I pushed away from the safety of her arms and crawled alone to a great encino tree near our thatched roof home. I sat beneath the tree and gazed up at the branches as if their leaves had called to me. As I grew, I pulled myself up among those same branches and stared even higher hearing new voices. Gabriella, when you climb a tree, it takes you closer to heaven. Mommy encouraged me as each month I climbed still higher. And I believed her. By the time I turned ten, I could climb to the top of any tree, even those that offered me only a few branches. Always I kicked off my sandals and socks at the bottom so that my toes could feel the coarse bark and find the hidden footholds. When I crawled very high, higher than even the boys dared, I closed my eyes and reached one hand over my head. If I held my breath and spread my fingers wide apart, I could feel the clouds. The canton where I lived was nothing more than a simple cluster of wood planked huts that formed a small village, each home joined to the next by roaming children and pecking chickens who ignored boundaries. Climbing a tree is dangerous, Gabriella. The old women who lived in our canton scolded me. But they worried only because they loved me, and because they wished me no harm. Trees could be dangerous. If you didn't respect them and hold tightly to their branches, you could fall and be hurt. But Mommy knew I respected trees. Her only warning was, Hold on to your dreams as tightly as you hold to the branches, Gabby. I was too young then to know how dangerous it would be to lose hold of my dreams. But I do remember well one day when I was fourteen, the day everyone in our Guatemalan canton began calling me Tree Girl, or Laj Ali Rejayub in my native language. Even the boys who had called me Goatface because I was not very beautiful, even they began calling me Tree Girl. It began innocently enough. I was sitting beneath a small twisted cedar tree, Weaving a special weepil, the blouse that I plan to wear for my quinceañera, the day when I turn fifteen. On that special day, I would become a woman and be expected to behave as one, no longer wearing socks like a child. On my quinceañera, I would dress up like a bride for the priest to bless me. Mami would cook a big meal, and Papi would give me a wrapped gift. We would celebrate my entrance into womanhood with the whole canton. The old peel I usually wore had only red and black flowers, but this new peel I wove, especially for my quinceanera, with blue, red, yellow, and green, and the ancient symbols of my people, the Maya. Mami had taught me the meaning of the special symbols—animals and faces, squares, triangles—all telling of our beliefs, of the ancients, and of my ancestors. The symbols held the history of my people and told who I was. The wee peel might someday be given to my children. To weave the special wee peel, I anchored the handloom to a small cedar tree and leaned back against a waist strap to keep the colorful threads tight and straight while I worked. That's how I was seated when two boys discovered me alone in the forest, a short distance from our canton. I didn't recognize the older boys. They were big, with clumsy steps and glassy eyes. When they kneeled beside me, I smelled on their breath the alcohol we called boch, a strong fruit liquor made in the cantons. Both boys joked and teased me, their stares making me uncomfortable. I felt the way any girl would, alone with boys who can't be trusted, and I was ready when they began touching me and pulling at my huipil and my corte, the wraparound skirt that I wore. You're very beautiful, one said. Quit weaving and give us a little kiss.